0: Coming to you from the Center for Social Confidence in Portland, Oregon, welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy, helping men everywhere go from social anxiety to social domination with your host, Dr. Aziz. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Shrink for the Shy Guy. I'm excited because today we're going to be diving back into maximizing your sales confidence. And again, this is one of the most important areas you can master directly for sales in your life, or just the growth that you have to do in order to do sales is going to benefit you in all areas of life because it involves facing your fears, your fear of rejection, your fear of no. It involves putting yourself out there again, even after someone has said no. It involves learning how to connect with people. And as we're learning from our interview with Dave, which we started last week and we're going to continue this week, it ultimately brings us to a place of service. Because to truly sell effectively, we have to be not focused on ourselves, but focused on the other people and how we can serve them. And in a way, that's kind of like a spiritual practice or discipline, because the pull is to focus on me, me, am I doing good enough? Do they like me? Am I smart enough? Am I effective enough? Me. And the more we focus on that, the worse we get at sales and the worse we feel, too. The harder the rejections are, the harder it is to put ourselves out there. So it's a really powerful practice to get us to focus on other people. And it pushes all kinds of buttons. We're gonna be diving into that more in the interview with Dave, but stuff about money, talking about money, earning money, asking for money, stuff about staying in the conversation even after the person has initially said, no, I'm not interested, or no, I can't afford it, or now's not the right time. The most natural impulse is to say, okay, great, I'll leave you alone. And yet, if you did that, you'd never be effective at sales and the reality is, even though someone says that, they, if you stayed in the conversation and just asked them a few more questions and found out some of their fears, then they might turn around and say, you know what, actually, yeah, I, w- I really want this. I'm just scared. And then now you have a powerful opportunity, a moment where you're really serving them. You're really helping them. So we're going to look at that in much more depth in today's interview with selling expert Dave. And this is really going to be about the inner game How to shift, how to get your head on right so you can get out there and you're going to learn some powerful stuff about letting go of the outcome and not being hooked into a specific result with a specific person. So, really valuable stuff. Let's dive into that interview right now. Expert interview. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, I never really, I didn't study sales. I was, I started training as an. In professional uh, and clinical psychology, and being a counselor, and you don't have to sell if you if you're a counselor. Um, Even I had my own private practice, and basically you just put some stuff up online and put yourself (laughs) into some directories and and get a network of other therapists, and people refer people to you. Right. And when someone comes in for counseling, they're like, "I need counseling. (laughs) You are in my insurance panel. You'll do." Yeah. And that's sort of how people select it. (laughs) And it's there's no sales. And then, you know, I moved into coaching and creating programs and trainings, and I had to learn how yep. to offer these things in the world. Yep. And it pushed a lot of my own buttons and my own yeah. confidence edges. Yep. And one thing that I found really fascinating is that the more focused I was on service, like I changed the name uh, if I was going to talk to someone and they were interested in coaching – Instead mm-hmm. of, I used to call them enrollment conversations because that's what a teacher of mine called them. Yeah. And I changed the name because when I called it an enrollment conversation, that made me, that meant that I had to enroll them.
1: <laughs> right. Now it's a sales conversation.
0: Now it's a sales I was like, ah, yeah. oh, shit, I don't want that. And there's all this yeah. pressure. And then I failed. And then, and, yeah. and, and, and so I just started, I started calling them uh, inquiry conversations. Interesting. This is just an inquiry to see... Yeah. How I might be able to serve this person if I think yeah. and I love what you're talking about because I did the same thing is like I am not even sure if coaching is what's gonna be best for them. Yeah. Maybe they could um they could start with a product of mine, they uh-huh. could be in a group, they could yeah. they could buy my ten dollar
1: book. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. My,
0: my deep belief and what gave me confidence approaching these things was, you know, especially if someone wants to work on their confidence, doing something mm-hmm. is gonna be, you know, more better That's than it. doing nothing. That's it. So that's it. So that's that, that's 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 where I came from that sense of like believing in the in the product or the service. Yeah. But the most fascinating thing and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I found that when I so I first started, I talk about the coaching, they're very excited. Then yeah. we talk about the logistics, the fees and people would say, oh, I don't know about that." Yeah. And I'd say, "Okay, well, see you later." Yeah. <laughs> and and then what I found that is if I just stayed in the conversation and said, "Well, tell me more, let's talk about it, let's explore." Um that, it, something would shift. Not all the time, but sometimes mm-hmm. where it, there would just be this. No, it's not quite right. I don't think so. I'm not sure. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it boggled my mind because I was like, they seemed so certain that they didn't. Yeah. They didn't want to do it. And then it just switched. And I'm. Is that something you've experienced? And what's going on there? And and how do we learn from that?
1: What's going on in that client's head? Or
0: yeah, how? Uh, yeah, what's going on to help us understand how to serve people better and, you know, be have more confident in selling? Just so we understand that phenomenon, what do you think is happening there?
1: You know, I I honestly believe, especially in the in the coaching world and even in the insurance world, they're they don't see they don't see what I can do yet. I mean, it's not it's a matter of I'm trying to think of a good context to put this in. When I'm when I'm doing insurance and I come in more expensive. Uh, I never worried about it because I knew, I knew what I had met that client's needs. I guess that's how I'll say it. So I'll do an insurance setting and then a coaching setting. So if I'm going in and I'm talking to a client, I'm not ready to make that proposal until I know exactly where the gaps are, what they care about most, and how I'm going to fix that for them. And, and so therefore, when somebody says to me, gosh, your policy is like $1,000 a year higher, and I say, absolutely. Uh, but it does this, this, and this. You know, like I went into, a, I, was, I was quoting out a woman who owned an art store. It was all glass art, and it's all beautifully displayed on these shelves. And I'm looking over her policy, and I noticed she doesn't have any earthquake coverage on there. And I already know my policy is going to be way more expensive without the earthquake. And so then I toss earthquake on it and we sit down. And she says, Dave, this is this is outrageous. And I said, yeah, but I noticed your current policy doesn't have any earthquake on there. Uh, what happens if there's any kind of ground movement? I mean, do you have everything glued down or, or what are you going to do in that case? And she says, well, I'd lose I'd lose it all. And I said, perfect. My policy covers that. So if you're interested in making sure you're covered, should that happen, uh, then we, we should keep talking. And that was it, Price. I figured out what was most important to her, which is this business. She was completely exposed in losing everything, so I provided a solution. Mm. And in, in coaching, I tend to coach business owners and salespeople. So in a way, I have it pretty easy where I, I sit down with the client and I say, if we coach together, what do you want to create? And, and that's where the unreasonable goals come in. They usually say, well, based on last year, I think I could do this much. And I and then I start co- we start talking about if we didn't have these limitations or these limiting beliefs, what would you love to create? And that's when they get really big. Well, gosh, man, I just had a client. My most recent client is making about five thousand a month. He'd love to be making twenty thousand a month. So I start. We start talking about that. Okay, so if we work together, we do this, this, and this. We create twenty thousand dollars a month for you. Uh, he says we start. I start getting him. We start seeing how that's possible. Well, now my fee is nothing. So if I propose a fee, he goes, well, I can't afford that. Okay, so you can't afford to invest this much money to make. Two, three times that amount uh, every month. That explain to me how that how that works, and and then they they have to explain to me why why it's not worth it to invest in this.
0: Absolutely, and it's so interesting because what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that the shift happens in someone when they see the value of right. whatever the investment is, whether it's an insurance, the value of protecting all this all our assets in the event right. of an earthquake, or in this example of this client, the value of uh, well the the return, the monetary mm-hmm. return, and then also all that comes with that the ability right. to be making twenty thousand and who he has to become right. in order to be able to do that so that is uh that is fascinating and one thing I was just realizing as we 're talking is a lot of people have a discomfort with selling and maybe limit themselves and put caps on themselves because on some level they believe that it 's bad. Yeah that there's somehow oh, I'm I'm manipulating that person or I'm, yeah. I'm I they don't they don't really need it and I'm being pushy and making it yeah. happen. Yeah. And how have you over worked with that in yourself? How have you helped some of the people you've trained and coached to overcome yeah. that fear? We're going to pause for just a moment, take a quick break and then get back into the interview with Dave Schwindeman. Have you ever noticed how some people just walk into a room like they own the place? They are cool,
1: calm, collected. And other people slink in as quietly as possible, almost as if they hope no one sees they exist. Which one of those do you want to be? Unleash your confidence today and start creating the life you want. Go to confidenceunleashednow.com to get started now. So there's two, there's two things that I, that I focus on. Number one is why aren't you worth it? And that's the first thing we got to figure out. Cause I definitely had to go through that. If i I am today making more money than I've ever made before. And in a way that's really, if I, if I am not careful, I start to get really uncomfortable with that. Especially if we're looking at our parents and making more than our parents made, which is, is the case for me. Um, it's very strange to have this level of, of income and it's not, And for me, it's not a a sweet, let's go brag about it. I'm going to, I'm going to go buy a new car and go, you know, do all this stuff. It's, uh, in fact, when I really stop and think about it, that's a bit, it's a worthiness issue where money is tied to my self-worth in a lot of ways. And this is something that I'm still working through with my coach, uh, as the income goes up, otherwise if I'm not careful, I'm going to find ways to sabotage and, and stop that from happening. So, so that's number one is we've got to figure out the internal belief as to why aren't you worth that money. And the way I've made that shift is by looking at and I literally keep a, a, a sheet of success stories of my clients of ways that I've made my clients' lives better or things where they've come back to me and said, uh, after a talk I gave one time, it was a couple day seminar, I had someone come up to me and say, it must feel really good to know that you just changed someone's life. Okay, so that's okay, if I'm doing that level of service, then then the money now is not about me. The money's just the barometer of how well I'm serving people. Hmm. And it's a it's a little, it's just a thermometer there. When it goes up, well my service is really high. It must be really high this month because I'm getting a lot of money in here. Or, my, or I'm not serving this month because my, my income's low. So I, I changed how I looked at it so it's no longer about am I worth it or not, it's just about my level of service I'm giving. And the second trick, and it's funny that you bring this up, this is an assignment I just gave a client yesterday afternoon, uh, is just stop looking at it. Don't, don't look at the money. His, his rule is for the next month, he's not allowed to look at his bank account or his sales. He, he, instead, his success relies entirely on his, his, in this case, the number of no's that he gets, the number of people that, that tell him, no, I will never work with you. And he has to get five of those every day. And already today, this is his first day of it, and he texted me this afternoon, and uh, he has to give me an update every day, and he said, well, I got one no for today, but my sales are, it goes, they're, they're off the charts. And, uh, and I said, F that, I don't care. You're not, you don't leave the office until you get four more no's. I don't care what your numbers are. I don't wanna hear about that. For the next month, you're not you're not supposed to be looking at that. You're supposed to be showing up, serving people, and getting them to tell you no. That's all we care about. So otherwise, this guy is going up and down every day based on based on how his sales are working out.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little more about that last part. <laughs> I love that. I mean, that reminds me of the, the whole concept of go for no. Right. And uh, so setting no goals, is that something that you often suggest for sales?
1: It depends on how quickly and how aggressive this person wants to be. Uh, it wasn't something I did in when I was an agent. I do it, I've done it now uh, just for fun, to try and push myself and push my own ego and, and see how much I can take. Because if you can take five no's a day, the person you become is is pretty incredible. Uh, when I was in sales, my own rule rule was I had to talk to 20 people a day who were decision makers. And so I would literally, I'm sitting in my office, it might be 6, 7 at night, uh, I'd have 20 M&Ms lined up on my desk from when I got there that morning, and I wasn't allowed to go home until all 20 of those were gone. And I got to eat one every time that I talked to a person. Because I figured out by tracking all my numbers, I figured out that if I had 20 conversations, I set two appointments, and I closed roughly 85% of the appointments I had when someone actually sat face-to-face with me. And so then I could just determine exactly how much money I wanted to make based on how many conversations I had when I worked the math backwards. So sometimes we do that. I have clients that will I'll say, you have to have this many conversations. Uh, another favorite one that I have is we just draw a big T-chart on a piece of paper, and I write no on one side and yes on the other. I do this one for people who uh, aren't in traditional sales. Maybe I've got a customer service rep who needs to start selling to keep their job or to make some extra money. And I say your job isn't to sell anybody. Your job is to get them on one side of this line or the other. Either a firm no, they don't want it, or a firm yes, they're coming in to buy tomorrow. You got to get them out of this maybe land that lives in between cuz that's a really that's not a good place. Uh, and so in that way, they don't have to sell. They just have to say, Aziz, do you want this or, or don't you? I'm not allowed to actually let you off the phone until I get an answer one way or the other. So if you just want to tell me no, fantastic, we can be done. Uh, or if it's a yes, then I need to figure out a time when you can come in here and, and we can get this done. Mm. And, uh, and so they're not selling. And I had a, a girl who told me, I don't want to sell. Don't try and make me sell, I'll quit. And I said, you don't have to sell. You just have to get someone on one side of this line or the other. And that next week, she sold 10 life insurance policies. And she goes... I, everyone's saying yes. All of a sudden I can't figure out why this is happening now. And, uh, and it was really because she was, she, she was making somebody give her a clear answer, but she wasn't focused on the sale. I took in each of these scenarios, I'm taking the focus off of an outcome I have no control over and putting it on something that I do have, a, I do have control over. And that's really empowering for us, I think.
0: Yeah. And so what, what is it? We have, we have control over how many phone calls we make, how many conversations yeah. we have. Yep. Whether we encourage them to make the decision yep. be- before we get off the phone. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the maybe land because that one's really <laughs> yeah. interesting. That's a place that a lot of people seem to go, which is, you know, I, I, this sounds great and uh-huh. I want to think about it more. Yeah, I'll Um. love that. Are, In your perspective, is that I want to think about it basically a ne- never going to turn out? Does it turn out? Is it... I don't bad? know.
1: <laughs> it's it's a place we love to hide. It's a it's a place that salespeople love to. When you talk to almost any salespeople, how's the month going? Well, not good, but I got a lot of stuff in the hopper. A lot. Of, I think this stuff's going to come through.
0: And, <laughs> They'll be uh, back. They're coming yeah, back.
1: Yeah. So we, we hide out there because it's a very. Um, it could happen. You know, I haven't been rejected yet, and it but it could. There's a chance. And so we, we, we live in this fantasy land because we're too scared to get, to get that person on one side or the other. We'd rather chase uh, a bad lead for two months and then be really heartbroken when it doesn't work rather than find out on day one that they're not going to work with us And then because then we have to go back out and start prospecting again. And I'll watch salespeople just spend hours and hours and fill their day with follow-up calls to clients who have no intention of ever buying from them just so that they can feel like they're doing something while at the same time complaining to me that their, their numbers just aren't where they want them to be. Mm. And so it takes some guts, but uh, but that's the trick is you, you have control over that. You can decide. I can decide how many conversations I have, and I can decide if somebody's going to say, uh, give me a yes or a no. So if I get that maybe uh, – I don't, I literally just, I, I'm not, my clients aren't allowed to accept that answer. So if you said, I got to think about it, I'd say, fantastic. How many days do you want to think for? Should we get back together two days from now, three days? When are we, when are we going to have this decision? So that way the client, if the client won't commit to that, then I, I'd say, perfect. What I'm going to do is it sounds like this isn't a good fit for you right now. I'm going to put you in my no column. Is that all right if I do that? And, and that way I don't have to keep following up with you and, and I'm not bothering you and wasting your time or mine. Uh, and if they agree to it, then then great, they're a no, and I move on to my next person. Mm. but I won't yeah. let them I won't let them stay in maybe land, even my clients when I prospect when I decide to prospect for clients now, they're not allowed to leave to leave me in that in that place
0: yeah and and in terms of the kind of squeamish. Discomforty feelings right. that might arise from that being, will arise. That yeah. will arise. For that <laughs> yeah. you know that, that from being. In fact, as you're talking, I'm imagining doing that. I'm just like, Ugh, uh,
1: yeah, a little yeah,
0: squeamishly <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, oh, that's yeah. that's so forceful, uh, <laughs> right? And but and yet and yet everything you're saying makes sense. So how do you help people deal with that feeling of yeah. kind of hesitancy? I don't want. I want to please people. I don't want to be hard and direct do right. help people with that. Let's pause for just one more moment and then get back into the rest of the interview with Dave.
1: Ever wonder how to start conversations with women? You might see attractive women everywhere, coffee shops, stores, even walking down the street. So how do you just walk up and start talking to them without seeming weird or desperate? This is such a common challenge for guys
0: that Dr. Aziz created a free ebook to teach you exactly how to do this. It's called Seven Ways to Start Conversations with Women, Anytime, Anywhere. Go to 30daystodatingmastery.com to claim your free copy today.
1: It's First of all, we've got to find a way to, to do it that fits your personality. If you're trying to be someone you're not, it won't ever work for you. And, uh, and so it comes back to kind of a sports analogy is we're going to try a different method, a different a couple different versions of this until you find one that works for you. So what I just said right there, that might be way too direct for somebody else in which case I would say what feels off about that? And we'd talk about it until we got it to a place that felt good for them. So it has to feel good for you, otherwise you won't do it. And you'll feel squeamish and you'll you'll back out immediately. Uh, on the other hand gosh, so I'm gonna I'm afraid I'm gonna lose my train of thought here. We were talking about if it if it feels off to be that pushy with somebody, mm-hmm. is that what we're looking at with getting them into into one camp or the other?
0: Yeah, just being that being that direct and
1: So here's what here's what got me over it is What I'm not doing is I'm not, I'm actually, and your clients will love you for this if you actually take it on. What we're what we're doing is we are helping, we're helping that client. Their fear is a lot of the time the client's fear is that they're gonna hurt our feelings as salespeople. They don't want to be the one to tell us no because they're worried they're gonna let us down in some way. And so what I do is I make it very, very clear that no is a perfectly acceptable answer. In fact, it would be great just to get it out on the table right now. So that we understand that either the timing's wrong or you're just not that interested. And and once I make once I help my client understand that I'm okay with that and that no is perfectly fine, then we can have an honest conversation. So I'm actually not, in a way, I'm not, I'm not trying to pigeonhole them. I never want to do that in sales. I want to make them feel completely free to be honest with me. Because mm. once we're being honest with each other, then we can have a real conversation. Yeah. So my Absolutely. approach to it would be, Aziza, it sounds like you're not interested right now, which is totally cool, but I need to know so that I know where to spend my time. Uh, if this isn't something that's going to work, just let me know. That way I'm not calling you and doing these awkward checkups and stuff, and you're not having to play this game of pretending you're still interested. Uh, and I might say that to you directly. And, and so I say, is, if, you're, if this isn't the right time or you're never going to do this, just let me know. And then, and then uh, I, I really enjoy talking to you. I wish you the best of luck. And I'm going to move on to somebody else. And you, you're free to tell me that. But oftentimes clients at that point, when they see you're serious, they uh, then they commit.
0: Right. So, That's yeah. powerful. And there's so so much more uh, we could dive into on this. And just in the interest of, of time, I'm just going to end with this one question. Yeah. Um, let's say you had a client who came to you and they were willing to do whatever it took. You know, okay. they, they were saying, yeah, I might feel afraid. I might feel squeamish, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm ready to face my fear. What would you say is the most powerful or the best pathway that they could have to have more confidence in their sales, more success in their sales? If they're willing to do anything, what would some of the main key elements of their success, what would that be?
1: Number one, I'd I'd say, who are the best people in your industry? And have you talked to them yet? So we always have to, I always have my people find out who's, who's just killing it in their business and call that person. Because one thing I've learned is as people grow and become more and more successful, they have the money. What they really want is the recognition a lot of the time, and they want to be able to share. And and so those people, it's really a gift to that person to call them and say, please teach me. So I always have them reach out to somebody else. Uh, One of the biggest shifts for me in sales and something I use to this day uh, and I use it socially as well, I wish I'd known this uh, in my dating life, is sales is not about being smooth or having the right script or the right thing to say. It's about asking a lot of questions and and not being the one to show up and educate your clients. Your clients don't want to be educated. So one of the things I do when I'm working on scripts with people or how to make those initial calls, right, if they're willing to do anything, number one, you're going to be, we're going to uh, we're going to change your script. Your script is oftentimes too much about you. And we change the entire script around to where it's just piles of questions and, and getting asking really interested questions and answering every, everything with a question. And I just had this happen the other day. I was talking with a guy who's very high up with Nike. And uh, we sat down at my daughter's gymnastics class. And I use this all the time with strangers. And I just say, so what do you do? And what do you like about it? We talked for probably an hour. I only asked him questions. He talked the whole time. At the end of that class, he goes, man, I have really enjoyed this conversation. And I thought, yeah, it was completely one-sided. You know, I I didn't share anything about me. This was entirely you talking at me. And he just loved it. And and that's a trick I use in sales constantly is we – it's not about me. It's about the client. And so I'm just going to keep asking them questions, keep asking them questions. takes all the pressure off of me to be interesting or funny or anything like that. And, uh, And they end up loving it. So I use it at parties uh, like I said, I wish I would have known this when I was dating. It would have made things a lot easier. And and we don't need to be the, the good one. We can just ask questions the whole time. Mm. And then the last one is is stop stressing about what you can't control. If my client's willing to do anything, and that's this guy that I just was telling the story about. He, I said, are you willing to really turn this on? He said, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, and that's when I said, don't look at your numbers. I don't want you to look at how much money you're making. I want you only to look at, and we figured out the metric. In this case, it was number of no's the metric that would get him where he wanted to be if we just track that metric. So, so focus on what you can control. Those are the three things.
0: That is powerful. Uh, man, this is great. I can just hear as you talk that you know this stuff inside and out and it's not just about sales. I and mean, as we're diving to in this conversation, so much of this is about inner game stuff, about confidence, yeah. about self-worth, about how to let go of the outcome, how to truly serve people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much good stuff in here and I can't think, of a better person to learn this from as a matter of fact in our last minutes here uh, i understand that you just launched an online training program uh, specifically yeah. targeting new insurance agents so like, maybe you can talk a little bit about that program but then also your coaching in general and how if someone wants to get better at sales how they can get yeah. in touch with you and we'll make sure we have links down below too on the site so people can access that
1: perfect so my uh i have one of our fellow coaches, my website is in development. This is a relatively new venture for me, but it does have all my contact info on it. So uh, DavidSchwendeman.com is, uh, is the domain where, where someone can reach out to me or, or get in touch. But this, yeah, I saw there's such a need for good sales training out there and, and sales training that's not focused on, again, manipulating or only ask questions the client can say yes to. All this stuff that I was trained on that I really just threw away when I started having, having some success. So I, I put this course together and it's a mix of uh, that tracking. Like I said, each week we layer on a new, a new layer, like week one, your job and your homework is to talk to 10 strangers a day. You don't have to sell them. You just have to talk to them and then, and then mark down that you Get it. So kind of getting people slowly out of their shell over the course of six weeks to the time where when I've done this with other agents, uh, usually it takes an agent about six months to get up and running. I've had agents do it in in a month or two months by by using this. So it's really just taking this stuff and step-by-step step working on the mindset in tandem with the actions that will get you to be successful. And, and we've, we're going to have all that information on the website as well. So that just launched. It is specific for insurance. I'm looking at revamping it to make it so it's a better fit uh, for no matter what industry you're in. Because at the end of the day, these tools work no matter what you're doing. That's what I'm, that's what I'm finding out as I coach more and more people is, is the same stuff works everywhere.
0: Absolutely. And if someone wanted to find out more about working with you directly for coaching, would they go to the same site? Where would they go? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah, really. It's uh like I said, I don't have business cards. It's very informal, usually people reach out to me if I get a referral or someone who's interested. Uh, I just kind of figure out first, I just want to know what their goals are. And sometimes I'll have them write down their goals or send me a long rambling email telling me about them, whatever helps me get to know them. And if it seems like it's a good fit, then we hop on the phone, uh, we talk. And I've had clients where one phone call is enough to send them off and they are off to the races and they're going to hit those goals with just that. And others who really want to achieve something big and scary, then, then we might end up working together. But, that is uh, fantastic. I'm pretty, I'm pretty booked up. That's the fun thing about, about doing this is as it works. Uh, I don't have a ton of room, but I always, I always keep space open because I love having these conversations. So if someone really wanted to talk, then, uh, then we would find a time to connect.
0: That is great. And we will make sure we have a link down below, uh, for the site so people can access that as well.
1: Perfect. That sounds awesome. good.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Dave. Yeah. Thanks Aziz. This is fun. That brings us to the end of the interview and the end of our show, except we can't leave without what? That's right, action. Because as interesting as this was or as many insights as you had, unless you put this into action, nothing will change in your life. So let's do that now. Time for action. Your action step for today is to detach yourself from a specific outcome and set a goal of actions, things that you're going to do. So remember in the interview he was talking about I had 20 m and on my table and I didn't leave until I, made, I talked to 20 decision makers. And each time I talked to a person, I could eat an M&M. So that was he set up his goal of something he could control, which was I could talk to 20 people. Or the client that he was working with, he said, stop focusing on the outcome and your sales and start focusing on getting no's. You gotta get five no's per day. So you're gonna wanna set some goal for yourself that is like that. A really simple one is the no goal. I'm gonna get three no's a day. I'm gonna get five no's this week. Whatever it is, but you're going for no. It's really powerful. And I talked about that in my uh, interview with Andrea Waltz, the author of a book called Go for No. If you wanna go back and search the episodes, you can find it but very powerful. But you want to set some sort of goal that is in your control and then take action to make that happen. So instead of I got to talk to five people and get them to buy from me. Well, that's outside of your control what those five people are going to do. But I'm going to have five conversations with people. That's inside your control. I'm going to get three no's. Well, that's in your control too because you can just keep talking to people and keep asking until you get no's. So get out there, take those actions. And again, if you're not doing sales right now, you still may want to consider practicing this stuff. Apply it to something else. Say, if maybe you're looking at dating and relationships. So I'm going to get three no's from women this week. Whatever it is, you can apply this to any area of your life of just getting out there, taking action, putting the things that are in your control, and then letting the rest go, letting the outcome go. So thanks so much for joining me today. If you'd like to share about your experience, Please join us in the community, which is facebook.com forward slash socialconfidence. You can also go to shrinkfortheshyguy.com and find out the show notes there, get all the links to Dave's program or just find out about more about Dave as well as leave me a message and chat with me through the show. I love to hear from, from people that are listening, hear from you directly. So thanks so much for listening. And until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level